0: Hello, this is Tommy Peeler, and we're carefully examining the text. And in today's podcast, we want to examine Psalm 6. Let me read Psalm 6 from the New American Standard Bible. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am pining away. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are dismayed, and my soul is greatly dismayed. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, rescue my soul, save me because of your loving kindness. For there is no mention of you in death. In Sheol, who will give you thanks? I am weary with my sign. Every night I make my bed to swim. I dissolve my couch with my tears. My eye has wasted away with grief. It has become old because of my adversaries. Depart from me, all you who do iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord receives my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly dismayed. They shall turn back. They shall suddenly be a shame. The opening of the psalm says that it's for the choir director with stringed instruments upon an eight-string lyre, a psalm of David. Psalm six has been classed as one of the seven penitential psalms. I don't know if that's the best description of Psalm six, because Psalm six has no specific acknowledgment of sin. It has no plea for forgiveness. This has been termed as a penitential psalm because of those opening words, Do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your wrath. And some have taken that, that this is an acknowledgment that his sin has brought God's wrath and God's anger. We're going to divide this psalm into three parts. The first part is this psalm describes the depth of David's despair. It describes the depth of his despair. You particularly see this in verses 2 and 3 and then in verses 6 and 7. In verses 2 and 3, Be gracious to me, O Lord, be gracious to me, a plea that's made at the opening of Psalm 4. Psalm 51, Psalm 56, Psalm 57. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am pining away. Those words, pining away, are translated in the ESV, languishing. And they indicate the withering of leaves and crops in passages like Joel 1, verse 10 and verse 12. It refers to the weakness of a people and their fortifications in Jeremiah 14 verse 2 and in Lamentations 2 verse 8. But here the psalmist feels this personally. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am pining away. Heal me, for my bones are dismayed. The word dismayed translated in the ESV troubled, but these words in dismay, troubled, these words are used three times in the Psalms, verse 2, verse 3, and later in verse 10. But right now we're emphasizing the depth of David's dilemma. And as he describes his dilemma, he says, my bones are dismayed in verse 2. And he says, my soul is greatly dismayed in verse 3. And he does not know how much longer he can hold out. You see that at the end of verse 3. But you, O Lord, how long? Those words, how long, are used often in the Psalms. Often they translate different. Hebrew words that are translated by the same English expression but in each of these cases the psalmist just wonders how much strength he has to hold out in the midst of his desperate crisis. So again David is describing the depth of his despair. And notice the language that he uses in verses 6 and 7. He says, I am weary with my sign every night i make my bed to swim so this is a situation that he faces nightly it has been going on a long time in verse 3 how long o lord and in verse 4 for six every night he faces these troubles every night i make my bed to swim i dissolve my couch with tears Every night he experiences anguish, tears, and insomnia, as one writer said. I am weary with my sign. Every night I make my bed to swim. I dissolve my couch with tears. My eye has wasted away because of grief, he states in verse 7. Remember when Moses died that his uh, natural strength his eye was not abated even though he was 120 according to Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. Here the psalmist has experienced that his eye has wasted away the grief has been so intense his enemies have been so strong that he doesn't know how long he can stand at hold out and he is weary with the sign with the grief, and with the the pain. Truly, these verses describe the depth of David's despair. But a second way, a second point to divide the material within this psalm, the first point, the depth of David's despair, the second point is he cast himself upon God and upon his mercy. As he states in verse 1, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your wrath. Lord, be gracious to me, be merciful to me, because he knows the anger of God is so fierce that he cannot stand before it. And he begs God, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your wrath. He states in verse 4, Return, O Lord, rescue my soul. Rescue me. Deliver me. And he states, Save me because of your loving kindness in verse 4. That word loving kindness was emphasized in our last podcast. In Psalm 5 and verse 7, But as for me, by your abundant loving kindness... I will enter your house. That psalm, David is confident he can enter God's house because of God's mercy and grace, because of God's loving kindness. Here he begs God not to rebuke him in anger, and he begs God, save me, deliver me, because of your loving kindness. And he states in verse 5, There is no mention of you in death. Sheol, in Sheol, who can give you thanks? Sheol is sometimes pictured in the Old Testament as a beast that is waiting to devour all who come near her. You see that kind of picture in Isaiah 5 and verse 14, in Habakkuk 2 and in verse uh, 5. But here... He speaks of Sheol as being a place where there is no mention of God or no remembrance of God and no thanksgiving to God. What is the psalmist saying about his concept of death? Or is this merely emphasizing that now is the time that we praise God? It's difficult to unravel all of these things, for there are some passages in the Psalms that make us wonder what exactly was the psalmist's concept of death. You see that when you read, for example, Psalm 88, especially around verses 10 through 12. You see it here. You see it in Psalm 30 around verse 9. There are some psalms, however, that seem to confidently predict life after death. Psalm forty nine fifteen, Psalm seventy three twenty-four. These are a couple of examples. And I recognize I've just called off verses quickly, and I do that so that you can feel free to look them up and examine them for yourself. And Lord willing, if the Lord spares us and continues to give us strength, we'll have opportunity at some time to deal with all of those passages a little bit. Right now, all we see is the psalmist is begging God not to deal with him in anger and wrath, but to show loving kindness to him because it is the living who give God praise and honor. So the depth of David's despair is described in the psalm in verses 2 and 3, in verses 6 and 7. And David cast himself on God in verse 1 and in verses 4 and 5. And as the psalm closes in verses 8 through 10, he is confident of victory. He says in Psalm 8, 6 verse 8, he said, Depart from me all who do iniquity. Now, this is a vocabulary link with the previous psalm. Psalm 5, five stated that God hates those who do iniquity. God hates those who do iniquity. And now we see in Psalm 6 and verse 8, Depart from me, all who do iniquity. He is confident that God has heard his prayer. That is stated twice In verse 8 and verse 9, the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. In verse 9, the Lord has heard my supplication. And then in the latter part of verse 9, that same thing is reiterated in slightly different words. The Lord receives my prayer, so the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication, and the Lord receives my prayer. And the text says, All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly dismayed. They shall turn back. They shall suddenly be ashamed. These enemies, who were pictured as making his life difficult in verse 7, are going to be ashamed. They're going to be defeated. And notice also, That 6, verse 10, uses that word dismayed. In verses 2 and 3, this word was used to describe the psalmist condition. He said his bones are dismayed and his soul is greatly dismayed. But while that describes the psalmist condition in verses 2 and 3, now it describes his enemies in verse 10. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly dismayed. Notice also in verse 10 the word turn back. The Hebrew word translated turn back in verse 10 was translated return in verse 4 and addressed to the Lord. Return, O Lord, rescue my soul. But because the Lord has heard David's prayer, because the Lord has returned to rescue his soul, God will now, his enemies will now, Return. They will turn back, same Hebrew word, and they will be utterly ashamed. So again, the three-part division of this psalm, the depth of despair, casting himself upon God, and finally his confidence of victory in verses 8 through 10. As always, we encourage you to read the psalm over and over, and that's the way you'll be benefited from it most. You may find that this is where you are in life, and you particularly want to read it, if that be the case, thoughtfully and prayerfully. But let's notice how this psalm applies to Jesus. The Bible describes the psalmist is saying in Psalm 6 and verse 5, or Psalm, um, he talks about uh, being, Psalm 6 and verse 6, I am weary with my sign. I am weary with my sign. The same word which is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament is used of Jesus in John 4, verse 6. Jesus was weary when he sat down at the well. The word troubled, which is used in verse 2 and 3 of the psalmist and in verse 10 of his enemies, the word that's used in the Greek translation is also used of Jesus in John eleven thirty three, 33, John 12, 27, and John 13, 21. Jesus is truly the innocent sufferer Of Psalm 6. He is weary. He is troubled. And just as this psalmist in verses 6 and 7 is weary with his sign and makes his bed to swim, Jesus is said to have offered up strong crying and tears in Hebrews 5 and verse 7. Jesus identifies with the righteous sufferer of Psalm 6 and in a very real sense fulfills that picture of a righteous sufferer in Psalm 6. He is weary, he is troubled, he offers up crying and tears. But I would also say this, and this is something that we will explain more fully when we get to Psalm 8. Jesus is also, while Jesus is the righteous sufferer and the innocent sufferer of Psalm 6, Jesus is also the God who shows mercy, who heals, and who rescues. for example, the cry in psalm six two Be gracious, be gracious is the same Greek phrase that's called that states "Be merciful to me," which is addressed to Jesus in matthew fifteen verse twenty two by the Syrophoenician woman, in Luke 17, verse 13, by the ten lepers. Be gracious to me. Jesus is both the righteous sufferer of Psalm 6 and the God who rescues, shows mercy, and heals. And just as Psalm 6 describes, Be gracious to me, O Lord, heal me. O Lord, those words are applied to Jesus, to his healing, in Luke 17, verse 15. And just as this psalmist is weary and looking to God for relief, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The psalmist wanted deliverance from death. The psalmist begged for deliverance from death. In Psalm 6, verses 4 and 5, but the text tells us that Jesus is the ultimate one who gives deliverance from death. In Matthew 16, in verse 18, and it's the gates of hell will not prevail against his people And just as this psalmist says to his enemies, depart from me, one day Jesus will emphasize to his enemies, depart from me. In Matthew 7, 23, 13, 41, and Luke 13, and verse 27. We do thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord continue to bless you.